Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Konnichiwa, listeners. My name is Dr. S, and I'm also a geoholic. Thank you for tuning in for this week's edition of Bad Elves, Seconds of Spatial News. We Bad Elves live our lives one spatial second at a time, and we know you, geoholics, do too. As reported by GPS World on October 26, the Japanese government and Mitsubishi Heavy Industries successfully launched an H-2A rocket from the Tain-Gashima Space Center, carrying the additional positioning satellite QZS-1R. This new satellite replaces Japan's original quasi-Zenith satellite system satellite QZS-1. Started in 2010, there are now a total of four satellites in quasi-orbit with plans to reach seven by 2023. The main mission of the quasi-Zenith satellite system, or QZSS, is the GPS availability and performance enhancement for the areas controlled and surrounded by the nation of Japan. While these satellites do not circumnavigate the globe like GPS or GLONASS, instead, positioned at a high elevational angle, the QZSS provides additional augmentation to dense urban canyons in Japan's metropolitan centers. This system works explicitly in conjunction with the United States Global Positioning Satellites. Great news all around for the geospatial community in Asia. With this new satellite, even better geodetic measurements are available to the systems that need them. Okay, that does it for this week's Bad Elf's Seconds of Spatial News. Reporting from San Marcos, Texas and B2 Studios. We hope you've enjoyed our designated news of the week. If you have any questions about this story or about Bad Elf's GNSS products, please feel free to contact me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. Cheers, everyone. Feeling on the edge. <laughs> Welcome back, Geoholics. Thanks for joining us for this uh, episode 103. You know what? I, I'm like... Sometimes I feel like I'm almost like a cult leader, you know? It's like, welcome back, geoholics. Go out into thy world and promote this amazing profession of surveying. Man. Okay. You're pretty close. I like the way, I like the way you think. Is anybody yeah. listening it, it. to me? Is anybody listening? No idea. Good to be alive. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening. As I mentioned, here we are. We got another great episode teed up, of course. But before we get to that, shoots, safety apparel, safety share. What do you have for us this week, buddy? Oh, uh, We're going to do a friendly reminder about distracted driving. It's a good it was, time. Was, somebody yes. reminded me of this, and I wanted to do that. So I, I pulled up some random research here, and it says each year an estimated 284,000 distracted drivers are involved in serious crashes by the University of North Carolina Highway Safety Research Center. Within their research, they said this, and, and listen to this, and then we'll talk about it. Drivers were most often distracted by something outside their vehicle, 29. 4%, followed by adjusting their radio or phone or something like that, 11.4%. Other specific distractions included talking with other occupants, 10.9%, adjusting vehicle or climate controls, 2.8%, eating or drinking, 1.7%, cell phone use, 1.5%, and smoking, 0.9%. I don't know if we had got to 100% there. 
I, what about? Is there, I'm sure there yeah. are. Cell phone is much, up. much, much. One point five percent cell phone more, use. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, you're that's, that's back. Well, well, where you I, lost me is when you started before the percentage. You said, "Well, here's some random data." Well, no. <laughs> It was something I found online from the National Highway Traffic okay. Safety Administration. Right. But 1.5% for cell phone use, that seems ridiculous. Someone's well. lying. I know yeah. this yeah. is this A is lot outdated. of people are lying. Here's how I know this is outdated, because there's nothing on there about using the Tesla fart machine. <laughs> or Tesla autopilot. Yeah, I mean, how many people have gotten in an accident using the Tesla fart machine? Ha- I know it's fart. happened. More than 1.5%. <laughs> I know if, if I had one, I would be guilty of that. There's no doubt about that. Jake, you need a sound effect. Of <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can grab that, yeah. <laughs> All right. But I, I just thought that that good cell phone sh- good reminder use was shoots. way low. I think, yeah, oh, yeah, that's jacked up. That must be from like the 70s or something. It's it's just people <laughs> like Jake were saying we're liars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Regardless, it's a good reminder <laughs> to not be a distracted driver, yes, for sure. absolutely. Yeah, we just recently, what, last week, had a construction worker hit mm-hmm. and killed, unfortunately, in a, in a construction zone. It was, a, it was a landscaper, and he had the cones out and everything, but a distracted driver rear-ended the vehicle that he was yep. in front of and pushed it into him and killed him, unfortunately. And uh, it's awful. I mean, it's a, it's a brutal reminder, yeah. but um, I appreciate you bringing that up, Shoes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. If you're watching or listening, we are on YouTube this week, which is great, to this, and you want to know how to get one of these right here, dope-ass Geoholics hats, it's dope simple. Ass. You can order one from the Geoholics.com or simply become a patron of the show for as little as $5 a month by going to Patreon.com and searching for the Geoholics. And if you go that route, not only do you get this dope-ass hat, but an entire fan pack or the whole enchilada, as they say, that will include a pint glass, a t-shirt, stickers, koozies, what else? Tattoos? You say stickers? Stickers. He's got it all. Got it all, yeah. It's it's a hard deal. How can you pass it up? I have no idea. Other than that, we are coming down to the end of 2021. Um, We are going to be renewing our Friends of the Program for 2022 here very shortly. Um, It's a great opportunity for you to support the show, get some awesome exposure for your company, and uh, we'll be announcing or sending out some additional details on that here in the very near future. PJ, hit us with that opening number, who was that? Yeah, that was uh, Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Um, Pixies are an American alternative rock band formed in 1986 in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, Pixies are associated with the 1990s alternative rock boom and draw on elements including punk rock and surf rock. Uh, their music is known for its dynamic loud, quiet, loud shifts and song lyrics covering offbeat subjects such as extraterrestrials, incest, and biblical violence. Uh, they achieved modest popularity in the U.S., but were more successful in Europe. Uh, their jarring pop sound influence acts such as Nirvana, Radiohead, and the Smashing Pumpkins and Weezer. Also my favorite bands. I'm a huge Pixies guy. Always love these guys and girl. There's a girl in the band. Let's not forget. Yeah. Um, the Pixie, I, of course. Yep. I do have a Pixie. <laughs> I do have a Pixie story. Of course. We 1988 do. was the year. Get in the time machine. 1988 was the year. I was in college in Southern Illinois University, made the trek back to Chicago because the Pixies were playing at the Cubby Bear, which is a bar right across the street from Wrigley Field. So I went yeah. up there and saw the Pixies in this little bar. 1988, they were kind of, they weren't really big at that point. They were just kind of, you know, on the upswing or whatever. But what a great show. Absolutely amazing. Oh, and uh, here's, this, here's this thing. I'm standing. It was like, you know, general mission. Everybody's standing around. No seats or anything like that. It's in a bar. <clears throat> this chick comes up to me. This is no joke, I swear to God. She, 
grabs the family jewels and starts making out with me right wow. in the middle of the show. Oh. It was the weirdest thing. Oh, he, he just generously <laughs> drops that on us. Back in the day, man, I had it going on, I'm telling you. 88, what a year, huh? Sucks to get old. Is that, is that before you were Dilfy Dilf? You were, you were just a regular dude? I was just the Smoking hot yes, dude, huh? Apparently. <laughs> he's, he's the cubby bear. Cubby bear. Hey, he's what, the cubby bear. What happens is the cubby bear stays the cubby bear. <laughs> Unless you're on a podcast talking oh, about it. About it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we are back in the Diamondback Lancer Bank studio. Good to be here. Absolutely. I was exchanging Good times. texts with... Boom, uh, boom, boom, Yeah, look at that. Uh, exchanging texts with Mr. Trent Keenan today, as a matter of fact. And he wanted, he, he wanted to remind me, and I failed to do this last episode, so I'm going to plug it right now. Um, in case you weren't aware, the National Society of Professional Surveyors, also known as NSPS, and the Urban and Regional Information Systems Association, that's a mouthful, also known as URISA, are partnering on the return of the Survey and GIS Summit. You can join them virtually November 3 through 5 as leaders from national, sur- national land surveying and GIS professional societies explore the similarities and differences between the two professions. Find out more by going to surveygissummit.com. November 3 through 5, huh? I like Third that. through 5th? Can I, is European of you or, <laughs> or something? Well, I mean, we were we were in the Netherlands last yeah, weekend, yep. so maybe I picked up on that. 3 November knows. through 5 November. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's whiskey. It's whiskey. Shout out to this week's highlighted friend of the program. Who do we got this week? We got Parkland College this week. Looking for a convenient, <laughs> affordable way to become a professional land surveyor? Hmm? Mm? Indeed. Are mm. you? Well, stop what you're doing and check out Parkland College Land Surveying Program. Parkland College offers a land surveying AAS associate's degree. The land surveying AAS program prepares the student either for employment as a surveying technician or for transfer to a four-year degree program to become an Illinois professional, Illinois professional land surveyor. (laughs) <laughs> Parkland College also offers a land surveying certificate, which they call the weekend land surveying program. Students earn 24 credits in just 24 months by watching pre-recorded lectures online, completing online lessons, and receiving on-campus instruction uh, one weekend per month. So it's kind of like one weekend a month, two weeks a year kind of thing. Isn't it kind of like uh, when you're in Tenth City? Oh, uh, yeah. Tent City, didn't you go like uh, once yeah, a week? You had to go there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the, the subject at hand. Parkland College was the proud recipient of the 2016 National Council of Examiners for Engineering and Surveying, NCEES, Surveying Award. Anyone interested in either of these options should visit www.parkland.edu slash landsurveying or contact Corey Allred at K. All red at parkland.edu. So many acronyms. Hey, I had to do it. Golly. All right. NCEES is is a popular one. It really us. is, for sure, yeah. All right, Trimble Geospatially... Trimble Geospatial Weekly Words of Wisdom. Um, I was thinking about this. Uh, William Shatner recently went up to space, right? Passenger on a Blue Origin flight. And I 
when when he got out, like when they got back to Earth and he got out of the the capsule or whatever, did you watch it, PJ? Yeah, there was kind of a funny clip from it. But it was just like his when they were interviewing him. It's like yeah. his emotion. It was like so raw. It was unbelievable. And I went back and I wa- I wanted to see what he said because I was really taken back by it. And he's ninety years old, right? Yeah, ninety years old. So I mean, he's got a pretty good perspective on life mm-hmm. in general. I would think at this point. And here's what he said. He said, "I hope this. I hope I never recover from this. I hope that I can maintain what I feel." right Right now, I don't want to lose it. It has to do with the enormity and the quickness and the suddenness of life and death. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. The moment you see the vulnerability of everything, it's so small. The air which keeping which is keeping us alive is thinner than your skin. Yeah, he was he was wow. pretty taken back. I he mean, was right like, from the second he got out of the capsule and they yes. were standing in the middle of the desert. There's a couple of videos of him standing there, and he's he's lost. I he mean, totally was. He was like yeah. lost for words. Uh, he was yeah. almost mumbling. It was pretty pretty incredible, no doubt. But uh, good for him. Some great quotes there for sure. Let's catch up the boys a little bit. PJ, what's up, man? I'm doing good. I'm going to get kind of nerdy uh, here, but uh, uh, this is something I ran across last week and I was super interested in it, kind of went down a rabbit hole, but MIT, I'm not sure if you saw this, um, maybe some of the listeners have, but they created the most powerful magnet ever made on earth. Really? And it's kind of interesting too, how they, speaking of Blue Origins and SpaceX and all that kind of stuff, they measured magnets at these sizes in this unit called Tesla's. So I don't know exactly how that converts, if we can like pounds or something like that to like a pole, but... um, this magnet is 20 Teslas. So what, what the big thing here is, is that they're going to be able to put a, a number of these together. I think it's like 16 or 18 of these giant magnets and make a nuclear fusion, net positive n- nuclear fusion reactor. And it's something we haven't been able to do for years and we've been studying fusion. And obviously we have nuclear power plants that are fission and they're like super volatile. And a lot of people aren't like super happy about those being out there. Um, but this is like kind of the new wave of power and something that is wow. not as volatile. Um, and by using these magnets, what they're going to do is they're going to put 18, 16 or 18 of them together and make like this like bottle of a magnetic field. And then the plasma inside, which is like millions of degrees is not touching anything because we don't have anything here on earth that would hold this plasma what? besides this magnetic field. So super interesting if you want to look into it. <laughs> I, I saw this article and I just went down a total rabbit hole. MIT yeah. does a great job of um, posting all sorts of videos and stuff, breaking down exactly how they're going to do this. But by them powering on this magnet and it pulling this kind of magnetic field of 20 Teslas, um, they're they're on the, the right track of being able to uh, put this uh, reactor together. That's so, nuts. But can it make a fart noise? Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> twenty times. <laughs> yeah, twenty Teslas. <laughs> All I know, shoots, is I'm glad I don't have to follow that up. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, now I, I, I was all proud of myself this week. I watched something on TV that I was like, oh, I'm gonna throw out and something. I and I watched TV <laughs> and I watched this show and it's amazing. Well, and now well, Jake oh, drops that bomb. Well, on hopefully us. I got that right. I'm just armchair nuclear physicist. I'm sure Nick or someone is gonna send us an email. I probably got something wrong. But just an interesting thing to check out. Right? What were you watching? Brian? My God, I watched Squid Game. I oh, yeah, that's a good one. Love up. it. Yeah. Yes, Great. I finally watched Love that. It. I saw all the hype, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch something and talk about it on the podcast, and have something that it's not just like I watched Chappelle's special or something yeah. like that. I'm gonna, like, <laughs> I'm gonna watch this show. Holy shit, it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. it was awesome. What a degenerate, and I loved yeah. every second of I it. I loved it. I think what is more interesting than the actual show for me when things like this happen, and if I think we rewinded back and talked like when Joe Exotic something like this, but 
yeah. when a show it's like turned into such a social phenomenon to yeah. where one weekend passes and everybody has seen it. Oh, Everyone yeah. you talk to has seen it. It's just the weirdest thing that like why like well, for me, I want to understand like why shows like that catch on. Like, yeah. why was Joe Exotic? Everyone knew about it. Why does everyone know about Squid Game? Yeah, so interesting. Well, Joe Exotic makes sense because everybody was, was locked at home. Down. Yeah, yeah. but I, I feel like it's just that top ten of Netflix. Yeah, once it, once the ball gets rolling, everybody yeah. watches yeah. it. I mean, Netflix has not out. lost their curve. They are just as powerful. As, oh yeah, as for sure. ever. Oh, yeah, so I I stayed up and watched Squid Game and. Red light, green light was awesome. Oh man! Oh, oh, Watching those people get blasted away, I'm like, <laughs> should have paid attention. That's awesome. And this, the background story about that too is that um, I forget the creator's name of it, um, but you can look it up. He he like pitched this to all of these other networks and programs and studios to produce huh. this for like seven or eight years, and no one picked wow. up on it. So and Crazy. now look, this goes to show. Well, yes. I guarantee you that'll be the number one Halloween costume this year. Oh yeah, for what, sure. Which one? The, the Squid Game yeah, guys. <laughs> Whether it be a square or a triangle. Yeah. Was, or there, was there anything to it? Like those shapes? It's like the Sony thing. You know what I mean? Well, it was their ranks. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I understand that. But you know, like how Sony has those same shapes. Like oh there. yeah, yeah. I was like, is there a tie in here or something well, like speaking that? Speaking of that, I don't we're know. we're, we're at that time of year. Yeah. What, what's your what's your Halloween costume this year? Jay? I don't know. I haven't figured it out. <laughs> we're trying to figure it out. It's gonna be Gilligan. Yeah, maybe Gilligan? I'll maybe yeah. like a navy no, captain. Skipper. For oh, the sure, skipper? the skipper, or no. just Hugh Hefner, uh, my the scientist go-to. guy. What was his name? The professor. The professor. The yeah. professor. Professor and Marianne. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually wouldn't mind doing a scientist. Marianne was hot. <laughs> What's your Halloween costume this year? <sighs> um, I don't know. Degenerate gambler. I don't know. Uh, How do you dress <laughs> up as that? Squid uh, <laughs> game. Squid like game character. <laughs> I saw this one meme. It was like, uh, and this final Squid Game is. Plugging a USB port in correctly the first time. Oh, <laughs> I would fail so many times on that one. Oh, that's a great one. So I'm glad I don't have to, f- like, follow Jake, but I did. So what you about you, Delphi Delph? Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to springboard off the degenerate gambler comment and just say that I'm riding a heater, boys. Yeah. Wow. Yes, this last weekend, five-leg NCAA teaser. Parlay nailed it. Five-leg UFC parlay nailed it. And I nailed something else. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Hot damn, the whiskey's on you tonight. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move on. <clears throat> we have some uh, very interesting guests with us this evening. I don't think we've ever had a father-son survey team on before. So this is going to be some really good perspective. So help us welcome David and Nicholas Slosher. I don't believe, I still don't believe that's the way you say you the last it, you name. You got it. Wait do you see how it's spelled when we put it Slosser. Out, yeah, it's not <laughs> Slosher. I think they're doing this to make me like an idiot, but that's okay. <laughs> no. So David I, and Nick, thank you guys so much for being here. We appreciate uh, it. Uh, David, I'm going to let you go first. Just do real quick self-intro. Um, talk about you know how long you've been serving, what your current job is, and um, who your favorite cartoon character is. <laughs> oh wow uh that's a hard one no that's actually easy for me the cartoon character i can answer that probably <laughs> easier than the other stuff um so uh let's see i have been uh surveying since 1989 so what is that 30 some years i'm not gonna do the math in my head right now i've been drinking whiskey so math is hard um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah 1989 i actually uh, uh joined uh, the uh the army uh, as a field artillery surveyor until 1994. And then uh, my passion uh, uh, 
pre-military was to get involved uh, somehow with uh, working outdoors. I really enjoyed doing that. So my my original thing before uh, the Army was I worked for um, uh, the Forest Service and the Department of Wildlife there in Colorado. Um, and uh, that's where I actually learned originally how to become a or about surveying. I was actually taking a class for the Forest Service one summer when they were doing a forest route surveying. Mm. And uh, so when I was in the military or when I had opportunity to pick a degree in the military, I saw this surveying. And so I wanted to, to relate forestry to the military since I needed to go to the military. Schools weren't so great. I wasn't so good a student in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I decided to be fill artillery survey, which then uh, when I got out, I wanted to go to forestry school. So it was either going to go to to Colorado State University or Oregon State University. Those are the two places that I really uh, wanted to seek and, and find out um, more about. And they, to me, they still are the best two forestry schools in the nation. Somebody could argue me, argue with me otherwise, but that's my opinion. Um, so um, I ended up coming to, to Oregon, uh, Oregon State University, for one major reason. My uh, grandfather, my dad's dad, who I'd never really met, lived here, and he was going to give me free room and board. So mm. that that helped. <laughs> so I ended up coming out to Oregon, uh, going to Oregon State University. And uh, it was still summer when I had got out of the Army. And so um, I decided to uh, try to find a summer job. And I uh, stepped, uh, went to two interviews. And the second interview was actually at a place called North Star Surveying here in Corvallis. And, uh, and uh, I got hired on. And uh, long story short, uh, met a woman, got married, had kids. School got kind of put on the side. I did a lot of night studying while doing all that. Uh, worked for a couple other uh, uh, places. Uh, I took a stint down to California, our RM design group in San Luis Obispo, and then I transferred up to uh, uh, Oakdale, California. And then uh, the housing bubble popped in 2010. And uh, meanwhile, my wife, uh, her mother was having some issues. So we decided to come back to Oregon. And uh, so then I went back to school to finish up my degree there uh, at Oregon State. And at that time, um, and it popped into North Star Surveying and talked to the guys there. And uh, he offered me a job again, and I came back on board. Next thing I know, uh, he offered to sell me the business, and here I am. Now I'm the owner of North Star Serving, and I, wow. I took ownership back in 2014. So I've been owner here for a uh, um, few years now, and uh, yeah, loving it, loving life, doing Dude, great, enjoy the program. Awesome, good for you. Oh wait, before we go too far, uh, favorite cartoon character? Uh, that's easy. <laughs> so there's there's a there's a a, a cat called Wadsworth. Now, so you have to really be into cartoons to understand this. And he's got a line. He's a cat. He che- teaches this little pupil. He's a really lazy cat. Uh, and he teaches the pupil, and you saw this or not, but he takes this uh, uh, he takes his pupil to try to get the bird. And it was like a Woody Woodpecker character. And he kind of <laughs> takes his pupil and has him try to go up this ladder. And uh, and he's not in the, he comes bouncing down. He says, well, uh, why send a pupil when I can do what I got to do? And he's kind of got a weird little accent. And he goes up there, and then the woodpecker demolishes the uh, um, the ladder, and he gets all kind of mangled up there. And he looks up at the pupil, and he says, "Don't just stand me with your jaw drop dropping in your eyeballs, puff puffing, get me out of here." And I swear, I remember that line. And it's still my favorite cartoon character. Of all time. I love it. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right, Nick, follow that up, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> have, have fun well, with this. It's I like it's like I, uh, following producer Jake. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> my story is not as long, but you got here in what ninety four, and I was born in ninety five. So uh, 
he started when he was working in or for North Star Surveying. Um, I was a kid, uh, just a, a baby, all the way until I was about what seven. We moved to California and then moved back or whatever. But uh, long story short, um, after high school, uh, I joined the Air Force and I was in the Air Force for about six years. Um, in the Air Force, I, I worked on the F-22s. I was an avionics specialist. Nice. So basically anything radar. I'm kind of a nerd, Jake. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. <laughs> Jake's over here nerding out. <laughs> he's like doing the radar. He's like, yeah, he's he's he's, quite, he's, what's it? Go Okay, so radar, uh, communication, navigation, um, EW, all that cool stuff, the computers and stuff like that. Um, so that was my job for six years. And uh, basically, it's paying for my education right now. And, you know, I learned a lot while I was there. Um, but uh, towards the end of my, my six years in the Air Force, uh, I, I felt like it was the best decision to get out of the Air Force and then come learn how to be a surveyor for my dad. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. So basically now what I'm doing is I'm looking up old monuments that he set when he was my age wow. uh, after he got out of the army, except this time I'm getting out of the air force, yeah. kind of retracing his steps and stuff. So um, favorite cartoon character, uh, Tom and Jerry, I guess. Yeah, Tom <laughs> and Jerry. That's a good one. Yeah. I love it. Too, but yeah. <laughs> Always love Tom and Jerry for sure. So before we go a second further, first of all, thank, thank you to both of you for your service, you know, more than anything, we appreciate them. Yes, for the surface, yeah. that's awesome. Jake, what's yeah. your favorite cartoon character? I feel like you'd have a good answer for this one. Oh, man. I mean, Tom and Jerry was a classic, too. Classic. For whatever reason, I mean, I think this we talked about this question before. Johnny Bravo, like, pops up to me in a weird oh, yeah. way. Good one. You got the yeah. hair. It's, yeah. it's working. Little Bravo, just bleach it blonde. Yeah. yeah. She's, what was yours? Mo Sislak. Who's that? The bartender from The Simpsons. Oh, Mo, yeah, Mo's bar. Yeah, of course. That's right. Mo Sislak is my favorite cartoon character of all time. That's yeah, awesome. What about you, D? Oh, uh, I uh, Speed Racer. Speed Racer. Speed Racer. Go, Always yeah, speed we have racer. talked about. Yeah, that. you raised yourself. Somehow I was thinking I wasn't the oldest person in the room, but unfortunately, <laughs> as usual, I am. <laughs> all right. So the fact that both you guys, you know, were in the military, and so Nick, did you survey in the military at all, or no? No, uh, just avionics for the F twenty two. Okay, and Dave, did you survey in the military? Yes, you yeah, did. So, did. Is that when you were introduced to it then? Well, so like I said, I, I was actually. I heard about the word surveying when I was in the Forest Service. Uh -huh. they, had, they had a class um, called Forest Route Surveying. So, you know, when you when you go to the military, you have, you have to pick out what job you're going to do, right? So they're going to they set you down there and they say, okay, uh, you took the ASVAB test and it tells you where you qualify. And I, I tested really well. I was a good tester. I just wasn't a good studier. That's why I didn't do good in high school. But um, so. Um, I did well, so I had my choice of what I wanted to do, but I wanted I wanted to do forestry. Well, you can't do forestry in the, in the army. Um, so uh, as as I'm going through this big giant list of stuff, I saw the word survey and it clicked surveying. I remember that class in forestry. So there's got to be some sort of uh, cohesive relationship there somehow, and so that's what I ended up choosing. Now I didn't realize at the time that there was more than one surveying. Had I had I known that, I probably would have gone into engineering. And I think you guys had you had a couple guys that that did uh, engineer uh, that were in the military that did, yeah. did uh, the engineering surveying. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was a field artillery surveyor. Oh, like Virgil. Virgil. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what? So what? So what that was is yeah, we're we're uh, we're using coordinates and uh, laying out uh, uh, artillery um, uh, guns 
Um, mm-hmm. Actually, what we do is we lay out control for the artillery gunners to then use uh, surveying instruments and turning angles to put the put the uh, uh, the guns into a coordinated position so that they know once they know where the enemy is, they know where the tanks are, they can do the math and and uh, fire for effect kind of thing. And it's, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. When I first when I first did it, I started I used uh, if, if I'm talking too much, let me know. But um, when I first I'm drinking whiskey, I get really talkative. <laughs> Go for uh, it. We'll, we'll stop you. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I first started in the military, um, uh, we learned a, a system. And boy, I really wish we had that in the civilian world. It was called PADS. Have you ever heard of this? It's called a position azimuth determining system. It's a gyroscopic uh, machine that sat in the back of a Humvee. And uh, it was calibrated. The position of the machine was calibrated to uh, the driver's door where they had a little notch that hung down and you hung a plumb bob on, on the driver's door. And so if you think you have trouble setting up an instrument over a point, I had to set up a Humvee <laughs> over a point. So I, I, That's I, awesome. I, I tell my guys, as I said, come on guys, you shouldn't have any problem setting up a tripod. I had to put a Humvee over a control point. Anyways, uh, so you, you sit on there, you initialize for an hour and you can drive, I think like three hours, before you had to initialize again and mm. you can just set set control points. And then our I loved our uh, uh, what we used to set. We used to set big 50 cal uh, brass was wow. our was uh, what we set for control points. We drive 50. Obviously, they don't have the bullet in. It's just the brass. And you yeah. lay down. It's got a nice punch mark. It worked perfect, you know, for control points. Great stuff, idea. So. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. But, yeah, that's where I learned about, learned about and what I did there. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Nick, you mentioned that uh, – you know, you, you spending the time in the military, the military is helping you to pay for school now. Um, yeah. what, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Where, what, what, what kind of schooling are you involved with right now? All right. So um, when I was in the Air Force, part of my job was to uh, debrief the pilots. And oftentimes that would put me in, in a vault, basically waiting for the pilots to come in. And one day I was sitting there and I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this surveying thing, I have to get licensed. What's the quickest way to get licensed? Mm. I was like, well, you have, you have to get your degree. If you get your, in Oregon, if you get your degree in Oregon, then four years after you can get your license. So I was like, there's got to be an online school. Like there's got to be an online surveying school. Yep. So I finally found one. It's this school called um, Great Basin College. It's out of Elko, Nevada. Yep. And uh, everything's online. Um, the, all the surveying classes, uh, my math classes and everything like that. And uh, it, it, so that way I can, I can get my education and then my experience at the same time. So yeah, uh, the the, with the program advisor, his name is Byron Calkins. Okay, he's a he's a pretty cool guy, and um, he really he'll really help me out, and it, it's turning out to be pretty pretty good experience so far. So it, it's a geomatics and land surveying degree. So, yeah. I O free plug. Don't get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. oh man. No, that is awesome. So how far along are you in the program then, Nick? Uh, so I got my associates when I was in the Air Force, um, but they, not all of my credits uh, applied. So I have to take all basically all the surveying classes mm-hmm. and then a few more maths and um, a few more Englishes. What they do is basically you get an associate's because it's I think it's like a two-year school. So you get your associate's and then you transfer right into the bachelor program. Um, so I, I don't necessarily know how far I am, sure. um, but I'm cruising along. So I, I estimated, uh, two or three years, gotcha. hopefully. 
Cool. So just out of, when we're going to get into this here a little bit later, but uh, in Oregon, what, what other requirements to become a surveyor? Is it a two-year degree or a four-year degree? <laughs> uh, you can have both. So you can have a two or four, a four-year okay. degree, then will uh, you only have to have four years experience. Okay. You can get a two-year degree and they go to six years experience. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but what's, what's interesting though is uh, you can be an engineer Hmm. And have a two-year degree and only have to do four years experience. Something is but definitely why jacked up. Area, there. You have to do six years. I don't understand. That makes no freaking sense whatsoever. Not at all. No. So um, yeah, that's that's the that's OAR Oregon uh, uh, rules that they have administrative rules. Who do we need so. to call? We need to call somebody about that. <laughs> I need to work on that myself. With my... I feel Seriously like, though, I feel that like is just, BS. I feel like we call Trent Keen and he'll. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, I'll call Trent. Yeah. He'll call someone else, <laughs> yeah. and then it'll he'll be figure fun. it out for us. He knows people, that guy for sure, for yeah. sure. All right, so okay, so you know, one of the unique things, like I mentioned earlier, is the fact that you guys are a father son kind of team, you know. And I have a gazillion questions about this because anytime I have even like worked with friends, like I've hired friends, it's been a freaking nightmare. So I can only imagine what it's like to work with family. So uh, who, let's see, who do we go first with? Let's go with Dave. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had both of us on. Uh, well, you've had all, every single slosher has yeah. worked here. Even my wife. Wow. <laughs> and I love it because honest to God, when I first started serving, I worked for this really small company. It was a husband and wife and their son-in-law and me and one other person. That was the size of the company. And uh, Dave, you mentioned the whole forest service thing. Our, this is in Southern Illinois at the time. Our main client was USDA forest service. We were doing retracement surveys all over Southern Illinois for the forest wow. service. It was the best experience ever, but I can totally relate to what it's like to work for a family owned business. And there's definitely pro pros and cons to that situation. So Dave, why don't you expand on that just a little bit? Okay. So first of all, Kent, we do a lot of forest route surveying now and we're hiring. So we'll see you. Do you really? Week. And <laughs> yeah. second of all, yeah, wow, we do. We that's work awesome. For, we work, out of the woods today. <laughs> yeah. We work for, we have big, big clients. Well, we don't work for the forest service, but we work for timber companies. Sure. So Hampton, Warehouser, yeah. uh, Stimson, Lumber, oh, wow. uh, Hancock. So anyways, here and there. So we still do the old school retracement surveys, yep. uh, Following the guys, you know, uh, the the eighteen hundreds, the Oregon Trail surveyors, the old, the old, uh, the old guys that have set um, the trees with blazes in it. Yep, we still exactly. have to go in the middle of the woods, it three is, miles in, and find an old tree with the blaze, and that's that's to, as fun as it gets. Man. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, and and Nick, I'm sure you appreciate this. It was by far the best surveying experience I could have asked for. And I, I did that for like 10 years and just being out in the field and traversing through, you know, the hills and valleys of Southern Illinois. And just like you were saying there, David, you know, like just following the footsteps of these original surveyors was some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Right. Well, it, it, it's very physically challenge, mm-hmm. challenging. I mean, it's, it's very <laughs> tough. Did you, did, we actually had an article written after us. Uh, uh, Heidi Jackson wrote an article on XYHT magazine uh, okay. called uh, uh, Boot Camp. You just look that up, and uh, okay. you'll get you'll get an understanding of how physically uh, exhausting that wood that woods work can be. But it is rewarding, definitely rewarding. Yeah. So little little little, little off track, but uh, <laughs> working with family. So I'd have to say that uh, you know um, I never I never really had. I'm just explaining. I didn't. I'm not going to sob story, but I didn't really have a dad growing up. So you know, I wanted to be a kind of dad that was definitely involved in my kids' life, uh, and then they were involved in my life, right? So. Um, my kids have been working with or around me since they could, right? Um, I've had, uh, I've had, um, you know, uh, little, little, little tiny five-year-olds out on jobs with me, 
just, just to be with me. Um, and when they got old enough, in fact, I had a wood story. We were actually, uh, when I was actually in California, we were doing a job in Sonoma oh. and, uh, and I'm looking for, I'm looking for a corner and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. And, and, uh, my daughter, she's about five years old, five years old. Um, I said, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go look for this. You stand right here. And, you know, I just, cause it was a nice safe spot. She could stand. And so I went to go look for another corner and I come back and she just been digging and digging away on this hole that I was digging away on. And, and then I says, what are you doing? She says, I'm still digging. I'm thinking I'm going to dig it. It's fine. Keep digging. There's nothing there. And I uh, went and tried to find something else. Come back about 15 minutes later. I'll be dang two and a half feet down. She found that stupid body that dug that thing out. You know? That's and, awesome. uh, and she always tells a story that she found a corner that I couldn't find. So that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, uh, we, we've had things like when we go construction staking, um, uh, they're, they're, they're hold, hold here, hold the bag, you know, here, uh, pound the hub in. And in fact, I, my son's got a scar in his hand because he laughed and the thing splintered and he got it on his hand, but, uh, but they, they've all experienced it. And, uh, my daughter knows how to run a machete to dig, cut, you know, cut out the line that way. And, and mm. she goes and gets it. And so That's they've awesome. all, they've all understand what I do, which is good because, yeah. uh, you know, when we're at home, they know what, they know what kind of work I've done and what I've gone through and the hard work or not hard work or whatever it is. And we can really relate to each other that way. And the same way, you know, I relate to them. I, I go to their football games and I go to their basketball games and their ballet and whatever it is that they're doing. So, they're, they do what I do and I do what they do. And I think it's always been a, a symbiotic relationship that way with my kids. And I think it's been good. So damn near, oh, man, that's solid. I damn near teared up. I think uh. <laughs> <laughs> serious. I mean, that's good stuff right there. And I, and the more I think about it, I'm like, if I didn't have the opportunity, cause like that was my first job doing those four service retracement surveys. Um, if I didn't, that wasn't my first job. If I didn't get an opportunity to do that, I don't know if I'd still be in surveying. I mean, I enjoyed it that much. And it just gives you a perspective on the profession that not many people get. So, so Nick, obviously, you know, I mean, you are in such a good spot, you know, getting exposed to that type of surveying for sure. I mean, what's interesting here is we do a lot of different types of surveying. So uh, one of the guys that we, you just hired on maybe a year ago, he just graduated from OIT with a geomatics and surveying degree. And he really likes woods work and he really likes construction work. Huh. Well, here, I mean, we do, we do it all. We do woods work, construction work, altas. We do, I mean, we, we fly drones. I mean, we have, it's a really great place to get exposed to a lot of different types of surveying. And I think that my dad's always, and this is why I'm super lucky is that my dad's biggest thing is grooming young surveyors. So like for me, I, I basically get the opportunity to learn from my dad, who is a person who just wants to give me as many tools and resources and knowledge and experiences that I can get. So um, to, to the original question, what's it like working for family? So like uh, I, I find it to be a great experience. Um, I mean, I've been, I've been gone for six years. I was in Florida and I was in Hawaii. Um, Lucky. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Rough life there. So I'd, I'd come home during the holidays and stuff, but um, it, it makes me being being gone makes me appreciate this opportunity a lot more because um, there's a lot of things that I I missed out on in the, over the past six years, and you know uh, I, it, I I feel like I get to learn learn from the best, you know. And, <laughs> I don't um, know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I what I see is the best in in a really um, a, a good good setting. I mean, 
the, the cool thing about it being like a family business is yeah, our families worked here. I mean, my brother worked here for a very good chunk of his life, but like the people that we have in the company, it, it, it's always been like a family for me. Like all, all everyone that's worked um, with and for my dad, every time I've came home, you know, like I've hung out with them, like they're, they're part of us. So I, I, I think that the, his, my dad's family values carries on with how he runs the company and kind of the vision that he has for, for what, for what we have here. So yeah. That's, that's, it's that's how it is i guess that's awesome yeah an old guy here he calls him uncle bob yeah oh, well geez. uncle bob uncle bob worked yeah. here before my dad worked yeah, here yeah. oh wow <laughs> now uncle bob still works here and you and so. like you said he's training the next generation of surveyors yeah. and he's teaching them up that's that to be commanded, we're getting into this. a big chapter of the show. Mentorship. To, yeah, to be commanded for sure. <laughs> so uh, the surveying sloshers, I like that. Uh, <laughs> how many? So how, how many? Uh, how big is the company, North Star? Uh, so yeah, that's a great question. Uh, about three months ago, we had sixteen employees. Now wow. we're down to seven. Really? Uh, I know it's been took, took a big hit. We got a lot of guys uh, who uh, went back to school. Um, so. Uh, my son decided to go back to school. Uh, another guy went back to OIT, which is a, a surveying program. Another guy decided to go to OSU and do another thing. So I lost, uh, you know, some guys that that direction. And then just a couple of guys just decided just to kind of uh, look look for greener pastures in other, in other places. They're thinking that the you know that's that's the market that we're in now. But uh, but I've got a really good core set of people here that have been here now. Um, we have two licensed surveyors. Uh, this Friday, I got two taking the LS exam, so we could have maybe four come wow. Friday. I hope. That's awesome. um, yeah, so that's the, when we talk about training thing up. That's exactly what I try to. What mm-hmm. we always push for here is, is that um, we have uh, Thursday meetings or Thursday schooling here. Mm-hmm. We've been working on like the uh, 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 certified survey technician program. So yep. I've got everybody here is at least uh, a CST one level one. Um, if not, uh, some of the guys have worked towards the LS degree, uh, the LSIT and an LS degree instead of the CST. So we, we always meet up, like I said, every Thursday from six, I buy them dinner and, uh, we just go over program, you know, classes and discussions of triangles or whatever it is. We're trying to do level running, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, and so that helps me as a, as an owner of the company to, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm probably way off topic, but mm. an owner of the company, to, not only am I training my employees to be better, better surveyors, but then I'm also training the next profession, you know, the, the younger guys to come up and, and learn the profession, hopefully the right way. And like you said, we, like Nick was saying, we do, we do every aspect of survey, <laughs> everyone. So there's not something that is out there in survey that we don't do. And what's great about our company is that, and we can discuss this if you want, but we're not, we have no engineering in-house. Yep. We are just surveying. Um, I find that to be uh, a positive uh, rather than negative because I can work for any engineering company doing their stuff and I don't have to worry about uh, competition. Like, so if X, Y, Z, I even have engineers that have surveyors that come to me yeah. uh, because I don't have, they, cause they know I can do the work and I, they, they respect my work. And so they they'll come to me and get it done when they don't have the time to do it. So, uh, but, but if that, but if they had, but if I had engineering, they wouldn't even think about, you know, coming to me. So, but uh, it, it hinders me for some things, but I but I like that I don't have have that aspect. Um, yeah, and you can just tell Dave. I mean, you're a stand up guy, and people want to work for you. Let's let's face it. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, but in in all seriousness, I mean, what, 
the way you're conducting yourself in your business is exactly what this profession needs. You know, I mean, taking time out of your day, out of your week, what have you to, you know, discuss the CST exam and, you know, talk about specific topics that are, you know, addressed on that exam. I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, that's, that's exactly what this profession needs. And it's exactly what the profession is lacking. You know, there's not enough people like you that are willing to mentor and take the time out of your busy schedule to do that. But you, you know, see the value in doing so. And, you know, kudos to you for that. Well, I mean, because just like you did, Ken, you, you work for other people and you see how difficult it is to, to get up there. You know, when I first started, started in this, uh, you know, like I said, I was in the army and I got some training in that, but, but artillery surveying and, and uh, private surveying or, you know, even for the public surveying is completely different. Um, mm. And so, um, you know, I, I had to learn everything on my own. You know, I had, uh, we, we bought uh, the Trimble 4800 GPS because some salesman showed us, you staked out a point, moved away, came back or tied a point, moved back, came back, staked the point, you know, the hundreds, oh, we're sold, let's buy it. And the thing sat down in the basement yep. for six months and nobody ran the thing. Yep. And I said, why? So, you know, I would take it on weekends and just set it up and learn it and, and figure it out on my own and, and figure out how to do that. We were using a DOS based, we started as a DOS based CAD program yep. here, you know, and we, we were barely out of drawing our own topo maps. And, and, uh, and I said, this is ridiculous. So I went and took my own AutoCAD class, you know, and figured out how to do AutoCAD and figure out how to do this. And then, and then to do my license stuff. Not one person sat down with me and, and gave me any direction and showed me anything. I had to put my own books together and do my own studying. And, and that's not good. Yeah. We, we definitely need to be teaching people. So we encourage that here. And uh, we try to make sure that people have the opportunities and the resources to at least learn and do stuff. But on that, on that same note, you still have to, if you, if you really want to make, be a professional at this, you still have to make your own time and you still have to, to learn and study on your own. And actually, I'm going to recommend you guys because I didn't even know, but I'm being totally honest, I didn't even know you guys existed until Nicholas uh, said, we're doing a podcast. And I said, what? <laughs> With who? Like, say what? And, 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 then, and then he says, oh, yeah, there's these guys called Geoholics, which I love the name, by the way. Yeah. And and I said, okay, so what are they about? And so he showed me your guys's, uh, 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 we got, I have Spotify, so show me, and I listened to a couple of them and said, Okay, these guys, they, they're pretty good. The guy I listened to, the very first one I listened to was a guy that you had, I think it's from Alaska. Yeah. Hilarious. Oh, uh, Michael. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, has the, he has the cabin up there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, man. Guy, what oh, a great sold, guy. He sold me on that. I was like, God, oh, that great guy. guy. Great. He, was little, he was a little intimidating. He's like, I don't know. I've got cool stories. Like, yeah, that guy had a plane. He would fly from his from his okay, from the airport yeah. to his cabin. Well, right yeah, there. and uh, Ann and Nancy Wilson were like his buddies. Yeah. Remember growing up? Yeah. yeah. Hey, we great dude. I thought I had to live up to that kind of guy, but but then I listened to your other stories and and your other podcast. You're like, no, they're not so good. No, no, they're great. Actually, I have enjoyed it. And then. And then he introduced me uh, just like last week to this mentoring, Monday. mentoring Mondays thing. Uh, oh my God. TK. That is phenomenal. I'm like, yes. I'm like, yes. I, I'm, I'm working on my computer all day long and I'm listening to, to mentoring Monday. I was doing a RTK and Excel this today. You yep. Know? Yep. And I'm, I'm just listening to this. I was like, this is phenomenal. And I, where that stuff was when I needed it, uh, it wasn't. And, yeah. and so you guys have led, led in this way and, and in fact i've already sent an email to all to all my employees uh to actually look up mentoring mondays because you guys got the you guys have the ls review exams you yeah. have the lsit stuff in there and everything else 
that is phenomenal. Yep. But I'm plugging your stuff, but that is stuff. It's really phenomenal, you know? Shout yeah, out Trent really, Keenan. Really exactly. Yeah, Trent Keenan. I mean, he's been a supporter of our show from day one. And once he started mentoring Mondays, it was like, you know, it's just like we, we partner on this stuff and everything. And he's just got a really good thing going there as well. So yeah. um, I appreciate you mentioning that. And please, I mean, continue to promote that and everything else, all things surveying for sure. Yeah. There's another good one. I remember a few months ago where one of our episodes, I think it was the Field Notes 101. I remember it was assigned as like coursework. Who was that? There was some sort of professor or instructor oh, that well, assigned Corey Allred. Actually, was it Corey? Yeah, yeah, for Parkland. <laughs> he's like, he's like, your assignment this week is listen to the Geoholics episode. How blah, crazy blah, blah. is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh man, it's so crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, it's interesting uh, what we've pulled off here, boys. Uh, no doubt about it. I, I appreciate that. I really do. It's humbling. I think I'm turning red. I don't know. Um, That's the way me to rub the shoulders. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about. Um, let's talk about transition. I mean, so Dave, you're. I mean, you're still. You're a really young guy. Actually, oh, yeah, young. you're only fifty. Only fifty. He's young. I right? know, but I'm he's, thinking about transition. You know? He's not the old man in the room. No, but no. Let's, let's talk about that because I honestly, I've worked, like I mentioned, I worked for a small company before. And even when I was there, they were talking even back then about, you know, how they're going to transition ownership and things like that. And it is a challenge, you know, and most, yeah. let's face it, the majority of surveyors are not very good business folks. They're not thinking about these things, right? And this might be a topic for us to have on one of our business of land surveying uh, episodes, which we will gladly right. do. But I would love to hear your perspective on this. Sure. So that I, I think you hit the nail on the head. We People don't think about uh, what your company, especially if you started it, what, what it's going to do down the road when you retire. I mean, it's not even a thought for a lot of people's minds. In fact, when I bought this company, um, the guy I bought it for is lucky that I came along um, because this uh, North Star probably would just not even exist at this point in time. Uh, he would have retired and folded it. Uh, or, you know, and that's, and that's where I see a lot of these guys, at least up here, a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends that I've, I've been to these conferences, state conferences are, are just gone now. They're gone and their companies are gone and nobody, and, and, and that's, you know, that's made my workload a lot heavier because there's I've not less competition, but that's not a good thing, you know? So I've been thinking way back when on how to figure out how to transition myself out of retirement. I'm not retiring tomorrow. Obviously I've got a few years, but but I've got to start thinking about it now. I got to start figuring out what I want to do, where, what my legacy that I'm going to uh, put on this. You know, I, I bought this from somebody else who had their legacy, but now what's my legacy? And and it's a really interesting question for me personally because I've got some great employees. I've got some guys who, you know, like I said, that are getting their license. They've been they've been with me for seven plus years. They're doing a really good job. And then I got my family, right? And so do I? Do I just say, well, it's family, so I give it to them? And I'm not necessarily on that board. I mean, my son wants to think that way, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, in, I'm, in the concept, I'm in the mindset that I would love to try to make at least my company um, be a, um, because we talked about being a family and everything else, but also be, be a resource for, for growth potential for, for my employees. If, if my employees look at like, okay, I can be, I'm a, I'm a Rodman today, a party chief tomorrow, my survey manager, you know, project manager. And that's it. That's my dead end at Northstar because Nick's going to be ownership. I have no responsibility or no opportunity. I don't know if I like that. Mm. Um, so my thought is that, well, I, I want everybody to have an opportunity 
to potentially have some even some ownership here. So, you know, I looked into employee stock options yep. as a possibility. Um, I looked into a lot of things. Employee stock options requires a lot of money up mm-hmm. front, which is a shame, unfortunately. Yep. So, um, uh, uh, do you know, do you know Durier, the guy, he's, he has a, op, he has a, a company up in Washington, Spokane, Washington. I used to teach at OIT. It was him and I had this discussion at the PLSO conference a few years back because he was retiring and getting rid of his company. And I just bought my company and how he was asking me how I did it. And I think it was a great transition. What basically bottom line is that the, what I bought my company from my owner is that I bought from my owner. I didn't go to a bank. I didn't do anything. Um, I just bought the company from him. And I, that's the way I'm looking at transitioning my company is that my employees will have the opportunity to basically buy this company from me. And my goal is to have as much employees as that possibly want to come together because to have that opportunity and, and that resource to eventually buy the company from me. Um, I'm 50. I would love to retire by 60 because I don't want to be old and decrepit. I, I like traveling and playing golf and uh, uh, going to sporting events. And I don't want to just be 65, 70 when I'm finally getting retired. That doesn't feel appealing to me. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm only talking about 10 years from now. So the transition will be really quick, uh, believe it or not. And so that's, that's my goal. At least that's, that's what I'm looking at. And I want to hang out with Dave. Let's do it. We're going to, because I'm coming. I, I'm, hey, who, who, Ryan, I'm coming down to the waste management and we're going to hang out. Who, who doesn't want to hang out with Dave? <laughs> I want to retire at 60 and oh play my golf God, and travel. It. it sounds fantastic. Absolutely. So, Dave, I'm curious. So you bought the company, you said 2014, was it? Yeah. Okay. So. And you don't have to go into great detail, but I'm very curious. I mean, how did you go about determining a, a value or going through the valuation process? Oh, that's actually pretty simple. You just you just kind of look at the, the numbers, right? So uh, any business when you're when you're dealing it, you know, I uh, you just look at how much money the company's making. So I just looked at the profitability of the company and uh, and then looked at uh, three years profitability, and that's the valuation that I put on it, and that's what I bought it for. So. And then uh, when, when you, when you acquired the company, the previous ownership, did they stay on for a transitional period? Yes. So yeah, Ted, Ted Lincoln, he was the original owner. He was, okay. he was actually my mentor. I mean, that's the thing is you remember I started working from out of, out of the army. And he's the guy I started working for. So, so basically I got to buy the company from my primer, uh, primary mentor of my entire career. And, uh, and so that was, that was awesome. Um, but uh, where were we at here? So yeah, he, he, he basically you know, offered me to, to buy it. And then I, I had to do all the other legwork, you know, I got a, uh, I got an attorney, I got a, uh, accountant. And by the way, here's the yeah. advice for somebody trying to, anybody trying to start a business, I'm going to give one advice that I got from a guy. If you start a business, like you're starting a corporation or anything else, you need a good attorney and you need a good accountant that don't buy the cheapest. And, and the, one of the, one of the other best things to do is when you're, when you're buying a business, you need, you need to try to make sure your accountant and your attorney are your same age, because as you grow up and get into retirement, so is your accountant and your attorney. You don't want some guy that's going to leave you. And then you got to get a new attorney. You got to get a new accountant as you're growing your business till your retirement. So are they right. And you always want to find somebody that's like a, uh, that's at least a principal in the firm, not just a flunky, right? You don't want the flunky attorney that, you know, just got hired on. If you find a principal attorney, um, they, they always, you know, they're going to stay in their business. It's like, that's what I'm saying. When I have, want my, my employees to buy my business, because then they'll be invested in my business and they'll work for my business. 
because they'll have a financial investment and, and they'll make sure that it keeps running and does the right thing. So, so I gotta, I gotta tell you, Dave, that attorney thing might be the best advice ever given on the geoholics. Very <laughs> cool. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, that was so insightful. It's crazy. Well, I yeah. feel like we've got a lot of folks too, that are starting up and they have their own yes, kids and, and maybe I, I wouldn't even think about having the, the aged comment that you had just made there too. That's very forward thinking, looking down the road and, and noticing that as they grow older, so do you, and yeah. everyone retires at the same time, and freaking genius. Go travels. Everybody has a good time together. <laughs> I think we're, I think we're done here. Well, as uh, <laughs> <laughs> we also said, when it comes to accountants and attorneys, don't buy the cheapest. It's the same thing cheapest. with surveyors and shoots. Right. I, shoots. <laughs> yes, exactly. Shoots. Great one. I, I'm gonna put shoots on the spot right now. Oh gosh, how's the accountant search going for the geoholics? Uh, was I supposed to do that? You were tasked that like six <laughs> months ago. We got to file taxes at some point. Jesus. His name's his, his name is, uh, Edgar. No, Andy, Andy Livingston, Joey bag of donuts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, I like that one. Joey he's, got a, he's got a 73 Ford LTD in the back. He's got a money bag back there. Oh the God. problem is my accountant is ready to retire. <laughs> I found an old man. We might need to reallocate that assignment. <laughs> Give it to Jake. He'll get you the youngest accountant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is the accountant supposed to be my age? Yes. That's a good idea. Exactly. So great. I, that's awesome. Um, let's see. Where, where should we go next? Let's go with oh, – so, Nick, I mean, what do you think about this? Everything your dad just said uh, okay. makes perfect sense to me. Where, where do your thoughts lie? I see an opportunity, honestly. So, um, like, the, I think that – you're right. I think the biggest issue with surveying is people don't think business. They think surveying. And, you know, I mean – we, we tend to get busy and, it, you know, you, you focus on maps and you focus on, on your work and you don't necessarily always think about financials as long as you have money coming in and it's more than the money you're, you're, that's going out. You know, things are good. But um, the opportunity here is if you have trustworthy employees that have been with the company for like seven years and they have a license, they can stay at an office while someone else can go start an office somewhere else. And there's, there's, there's a, a big opportunity for growth. Um, if you have more people that you can trust, people that are more than just more invested than just their paycheck, they're invested by um, some sense of accountability, some sense of ownership um, that you can, you can rely on them. And, and, and with that, it, it gives an opportunity for growth in other um, states, other um, offices and other areas. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I see opportunities during that or in that realm. But honestly, like a decision like that is completely situational. Mm. You know, you can't you can't you can predict uh, the future by creating it, but you can't really predict the future. You know, like um, you can have this amazing employee that you you want to get on board with this. But then all of a sudden something happens they the guy passes away <laughs> yeah. or they leave, you know, yep. and you can't you can't predict that. But. You can plan. You can plan for the best, and you know, hope hope for the best. But I, I think a decision like that is completely situational. So it just seems like putting a little skin in the game keeps everybody around. And for sure, yeah. totally you need to agree. have some financial interest for sure. Yeah, it's just how you structure it. That's the biggest challenge, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when yeah, you, that's 
when you All work right. when you work for like I mean like I work for Stantec a twenty five thousand person firm for about four years and I mean you you can't even relate you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then you've got like, you know an eight person firm and it's it's just the the difference in perspective is just it's mind boggling really and right. that's why we gave Jake so much stake in this game. Yeah, what, 51%? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Ownership, no, no, no. control and ownership. 49, 49. <laughs> so what, she's got a percent? <laughs> you can have my, if it's 33 apiece, you can have Oh, wait, yeah, we might be able to take this thing over if we combine our equity. Yeah. If what, you, are you going to push me out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your guys' take on that based off of your guys' experiences in the past? Our, our what? I'm sorry? What's your take on that based off your experiences in the past? As far as like a like a transitional type thing, yeah, yeah. Basically, you've seen what works, what doesn't work. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that I can completely relate. I mean, I, again, I'll go back to what about your where you started? Were you there, that, that family shop that you started well, that, with? Just How did go, they transition? Yeah, I was going to go back to that, and they, they did the same thing. I mean, a, a guy that worked there, he was a you know a young up and coming guy, you know, super passionate, tons of fire, and that they ended up selling out to him is what ended up happening. And then once they sold out to him, I just transitioned. I wasn't licensed at the time, so I went and worked for him as well and uh, worked for him for another couple of years, as a matter of fact. And Do you know what they're doing now? Or Oh, no, they're, they're retired. They're, they're, yeah, they're done. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. company's gone. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. And he he um, he dissolved the, com- the company as well after like five years. Okay. And just oh, went a different cool. direction, you know. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, it probably worked out for the original owners, you know, I mean, from a financial standpoint. But, you know, the longevity of it just didn't work out unfortunately you know it was cross-country land surveying was the name of the company and i they're not around anymore unfortunately but there's something about legacy though building the legacy that, well, yeah when he mentioned legacy i'm like ding love that word yeah absolutely yeah. love that word for sure yeah. Well, um you know, that, yeah that, that's a, that's kind of an issue here mm-hmm. you know uh, yep. is that you've got um you, you you hope you hope that somebody is going to be there right you hope that you know this young guy was there for for uh for your cross country surveying. Mm-hmm. And I was here for Ted when he, he sold the company, but uh, you know uh, my, my fallback, it's not really a fallback, but you know, if n- none of my employees want to take ownership, my son does. Right. So, yeah. you know, he's, cause he's wanting to really truly follow my footsteps. So I've, I've got that outlet, but there are companies out here that mm. and all over the United States that, you know, they don't know what the heck they're going to do. Right. Um, yep. and you know, my, my, the guy I bought from Ted and I didn't answer your previous question. He ended up working for me for three years before he finally retired. But, um, you know, his son, he had a son and his son wanted nothing to do with surveying, mm. you know? And so, and so some guys, you know, that's what they're kind of relying upon is that, you know, maybe my, my family will take it over, but it, it doesn't always happen or, you know, things just don't work out that way. So. What, what do you do? I guess you you work until some of these companies just work until they're just done working, they retire, and then that's it. You that's know? it. Yep. I've got we've got some great surveyors up here that have done some really phenomenal work. I love I love their work, and when I have to uh, uh, retrace their work, I'm happy. Yep. So um, and so, but they're gone now, and it's it's a shame, you know. And then I got the phone call from from these three guys, too, the three different guys. I'm not going to mention them on there, but the the hey, we're selling our equipment. You know, yep. do you want to buy it? You know, so I bought some stuff from them, you know, things in it. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it's like the old farmer, right. That had the, had the farm for years and years and years and just couldn't make it. And then it's got to go up to auction. It's just a sad moment. And, and that's the way yes. I feel with these surveyors. It's really a sad moment. 
uh, to see these things fall by the wayside. It but, really uh, is. It really is, Dave. And you, I mean, I don't think you could have said it any better. And I mean, to be honest with you, after I worked for that really small company, after that, I was always working for larger companies. So I was always on the other side of it where we were acquiring smaller companies. And we know it. I mean, it's a fact. The average age of a surveyor in the, in the, in the States is like 58, 59 years old, right? And so many of these guys have their own companies and they do not have exit plans. They don't have it. It's not there. Nothing at all. It's not there. There's, so when it comes time to end it all, I mean, you sell, you know, a few thousand dollars worth of equipment, you know, and maybe a truck and this and that. And, you know, that's it. I mean, it's, it's it sad. It is sad. Yes. I mean, a timing is everything, you know, like if, if you're, I work for a company now that's very aggressive on the, uh, and, and the growth strategy is acquisition. So, you know, they're, I don't want to say taking advantage of, but there are, opportunities out there for a lot right now, especially these smaller companies are like ripe for the picking, honestly. And people are just like time to get out, time to get out. And you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a good time. It's a good time for sure. Right. I, well, I thought about acquiring another, another smaller firm yep. to, to, for my growth, because right now my, my problem is getting personnel. And yes. So one of my look, one of the things yeah. that I'm, I'm analyzing is, yes. is looking at another company that's struggling or looking at retiring about maybe <laughs> acquiring them. So that because then I can build I build my personnel up and then I still keep my workload going. So the, the interestingly, you know, you work for a bigger company. I worked for a big company. RM Design Group was a, a architectural engineering, uh, surveying, planning design firm. They were a huge company mm -hmm. in California. They had four offices in California, and uh, that's where I actually learned this mentality from. Is actually was a big company because they actually had. They had a, you know, they had this thing called there was a, a principals and associates um, program where a principal you could be a principal which is like a, a lead person, but then you could be an owner principal, right? So you have you have an opportunity no matter what you're working for in that company and bigger companies seem like they have it. And I and I want to have that even in a smaller company is something to look forward to, something to grow to, and I think that's why a lot of these guys get out of the profession, younger guys to try to go do something else. It's because they look at it and they say, I got nothing to grow to because I'm never going to be an owner. I'm never going to have the full opportunity. And I don't want to be that way in Northstar. I want to have those opportunities for my guys, at least personally. Um, and so that's, and again, that's where I learned it from as a big company. So that's, you know it's what? Not that, bad working for a big company because you can still become an owner there as well. So for sure. And Dave, I think you touched on something really important there, to be honest with you. I never really thought about it, but a lot of folks don't have the opportunity to work in that big company or corporate environment, right? So they don't understand it. Mm. And they just go about their day, you know, their little 10 person business, whatever, not really fully understanding the business side of it. Um, but when you get an opportunity to work for a larger company and you see, you know, the, the perspective and how they look at things, it really changes your mindset. Right. No doubt about it. So you mentioned you were you're at the point you were you were considering acquiring a company just to get the personnel essentially, right? And I mean, we go on for days on this one, but I mean, how how is it where where you guys are locally as far as you know the talent pool that's available to you? I think yeah, we, we, we heard we, it. We, Eighteen what was it sixteen to seven? Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. like say a lot of guys went yeah. back to school. I have to say that, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. We've got we've got an advertisement out at the PLSO uh, website and and a few other different places, and we haven't even got one bite. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, we have, except they just don't don't have any surveying experience. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And, and there's good and bad about that. Like, I mean, literally, I mean, just today, I, I, whatever. I mean, I made an offer to a guy who has zero survey experience, but you know what? I interviewed him. Like, this guy's got a great attitude. He's Soft got skills. He's yeah. got what is the takes. ability to learn. You're oh not breaking God. any old habits. You can mold he, him from the very beginning. Yeah. He blew me away. We talked for thirty minutes. You know, and he's a young guy, and I'm just like, you know what? I can freaking mold you. Let's let's get you on right. board here. You know, we but can it, turn you into a Dilfy we, Dilf. We can you can be a Dilfy Dilf. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but it but it takes time. It takes time. And David, you know this better than anybody. It takes time to mm. to you know to to elevate these guys and, yeah, gal, I, and, and I, gals and gals. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yes. that, well, that, we'll get on that discussion if you want to. <laughs> but here's the thing: is that uh, yeah, I'd say a majority of my personnel came working for me with zero experience. You know, yeah. uh, I've only got uh, three guys that have had uh, any, well, they have education. Actually, I only have one guy that came to me that had any other survey experience. And so, so, you know, I can mold them, but at this point in time, um, it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really difficult yep. to train, train some younger guys when uh, our workload. Um, so I don't know how many, how many jobs you, you guys do, but we're, we're a small company, like I said, you know, but we have we are right now our workload just for uh, 2021. I'm at 427 projects for the year. Crazy! That is amazing amount of work that we got. And I get every day we get about four to eight proposals a day coming through our doors. I have more work than I can even imagine. And the problem is, is that I'm trying to get all this work done. Boy, I hate turning down things. Mm. Uh, but I don't have the personnel to do it, so yep. it's causing me to turn down things. And uh, and then if I get somebody that I can train, that's great. That's perfect. And I don't mm -hmm. mind doing that. And, yep. and you're right. If the right person comes in the door, I'm I'm going to do it because I and I've had those guys and I still have them. But uh, if the right guy doesn't come in the door and I have to train them, and this is going to be a hard work. I'm just not interested in getting bodies working for me. Yeah. I'm interested in getting at least people that have the potential to become something. Yeah. Well, and you guys being in the hiring and management positions you are, you can train people and everything, but how hard is it to retain that talent? Every, yeah, everything. Every, yeah. I mean, right now it's such a crazy time. It really is. And, you know, like, just like you, you mentioned there, Dave, you know, you've had 400 plus projects just this year alone, right? Is what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it, and it's, I had somebody reach out to me. Um, was it last week doing this? Like she's like recruiting for pipeline surveyors or something like that. And she's like, do you realize how bad a market it is to, or how hard it is to find, you know, surveyors? I'm like, you have no idea what you're getting into. <laughs> I mean, it is so freaking hard. It's ridiculous. And I have no idea what the solution is and I'm not going to claim to know what the solution is, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, we, the surveyors are in the driver's seat right now. That's another thing that we've talked about before, you know, especially, I don't know how much construction staking you guys do, but I know for the firm that I'm with right now, um, you know, we, we're, we're like 75% yeah. construction staking, 25% boundary alto topo. And we're working on changing that. Trust me, but I, I don't, I don't do, I do zero construction. I, good for I, you. I zero, good for you. I do zero bidding on construction. Good. So I've got, I've got some construction I got going on on some existing projects. Like I'm doing a giant subdivision, like 170 lots and they need the roads and infrastructure. I do that construction for them, Yep. but I've never, I, don't, I get construction bids all the time, but I don't bid on any construction. It's horrible. Liability, viability alone keeps you from dealing, dealing with construction, but yeah. Um, but but what, what what you're saying though is like 
I got a guy that I've trained. He's really great. He's, you know, and, and I went, I take, I, I got him. He's, he's taken, you know, a uh, level two of CST. I went yeah. and got him drone training. Yeah. Um, you know, I really wow. groomed this guy. He's been to PLSO conferences with me and he's gone. <laughs> so <laughs> go, training. Uh, gone. Oh, yeah. farmer. Yeah. So yeah. He, decided to go, he decided to go farming. And you know he what it is? Oh, he got out of surveying completely. Interesting. Completely. Okay. Another guy, another guy I trained, did everything else. He decided to go, you know, he wants to go work for uh, waste management, believe it or not. Yeah. And so, you know, completely out of surveying, you know, yeah. and, and one of the reasons that we struggle with keeping good employees is like I told you, we do these really hard laborish jobs with these woods projects. Yeah. And a lot of guys just, they can't stand it. And they know that when you're working for me, you're going to have to actually do some hard work. Yep. And there's, there's a few people that are willing to really do it. I've got some good guys that are, that love doing it. But then a lot of guys are like, no. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> so, having to convince someone to stand outside and 120 degrees all summer here in Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's not easy. Don't, don't you guys survey at night? <laughs> um, we survey really early in the morning. Yeah. Really early in the morning. Yeah, morning. like, yeah, during the summertime, it's like, you know, sun up to uh, like. Surveyors are early risers. Yeah, after like one or two o'clock, you know, everybody's home by that time for sure. But I, we thought, we, I, thought we had, I thought you had flashlights on the prism, so you just have to turn to the flashlight. You know, I mean, there's definitely some opportunities that we can do stuff like that, and we we love it. But uh, primarily, it's just like you know, you just got to get up. It's you know, you got to be on the job site by sun up, and you're done by like one o'clock for sure, because mm-hmm. it gets brutal. But yeah. we don't we don't we don't have the rain to deal with. You know, I mean, it rains five days a year here. Yeah, yeah. yeah so crazy. so where 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 are our resources? Right, I think. So the thing is, is that Forbes actually, if I read a Forbes magazine, talked about surveying being one of the top growth professions, professions excuse me, yep. in, in, um, and that's true, yep. And but, but we don't have the personnel. And so if we're going to get on topic because it's one of the things mm. I want to discuss. Please do. Why don't we have more women in surveying? We have a resource of personnel out there that just don't get involved in this profession yep. and for a lot of reasons. Um, and I, like I said, uh, the, the gal who wrote my article, Heidi Jackson, she worked for me. I've had a couple of people, Elizabeth, I, my own daughters work for me. I think we should get more women involved in this profession because I think they can do it. They're smart enough. Yep. They're, they're capable enough, but we, we, that's a resource that we need to, when we talk about, you know, let's get into the youth and stuff, but we also need to talk about getting into the opposite sex about making this an opportunity profession as well. No question. And if you go back and listen to some of our previous episodes, we've had a lot of women on discussing that exact same topic and couldn't agree with you more. No doubt about it. And most recently as episode 100, Dave, I'm not sure if you're able to take a peek at that one, but um, that's a a really good one that touches on that topic. Yeah. Well, I was actually talking, I was listening to the, the um, the Monday, mentoring Monday. Monday, And it was uh, Anna Rios, Mm -hmm. Texas that was on there. Yep. Yep. Great. I, I, she's awesome. I, I mean, I, I hear her, how she's talking about her history and how she came up through it. And I see how difficult it is for women to get this profession. I do not understand why. And I, I, that, that really lies upon us as the men in this yes. profession to have a better attitude towards women are here. I've had guys in my own office when I've had these women that have said things that are just inappropriate, yep. right? Because it's just not right. Like, well, she's not, she's not strong enough to pound a hub mm. in. That's BS. Sure mm. she is. She's just not strong enough for what you want. It's taking a little longer. Who cares? You know what I mean? And that's, that's the mentality that yep. guys need to get off here and, and have a better attitude. Because these, 
these young women, old women, where, wherever they are, they definitely can do this job. They're probably smarter than half those guys anyways. <laughs> so they probably should be in the doing it. Yeah. They're just intimidated. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I, I, I've had a lot of women for me. One, one of my best drafters in California was a gal. My gosh, she, she would have a map done in like a half an hour, man. She was so good, but yep. she just didn't feel like she, this was her profession. Yep. And that's sad. Women are great for the profession. And they're so, just like you mentioned, they're very detail oriented. And even like when I worked for a company like Stantec, there were so many women in leadership positions. Just because, let's face it, men and women are different, right? Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of, lot of traits or strengths that come from the female side that play a huge role in, in this profession. There's no doubt about it. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of a generational thing. I mean, I mean, Dave, you know, you've been doing this for 30 years or more, whatever. You know, the old codger, um, you know, hardcore surveyors, you know, if they have a woman out on their survey crew, they're going to be like, what the hell? You know, this isn't going to work, you know, right off the bat. But times have changed. There's no doubt about it. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. Come on, girl. <laughs> Nick, Nick, come on. Let's get you involved with this. Tell us yeah, something. Sorry, I'm talking a lot. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. It's awesome. So, so I, have good. A, I have an interesting take. So, like, I recently just got out of the Air Force. And, I mean, yeah, avionics, there's a lot of computers and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I've, I've been working with my hands. And we have, I, I mean, since I've been in the Air Force, or, or when I was in the Air Force, sorry, I just got out in September. It's October so. Um, but I worked alongside like many of women and it, and they're capable. So I, I just think that, um, I mean, I was a maintainer, so kind of a, a similar uh, mentality as surveyors or people in construction. It's like, oh, I'm a man, I'm doing a man's job, you know, um, and it kind of scares away, uh, women. Um, but I, I, I think that we've progressed so much as, um, a society and so much as just humans that, it's not the case, you know, I mean, mm. everyone has their own strengths and everyone has their own weaknesses, but I mean, surveying, yeah, parts of it can be physical, especially when you're hiking up a mountain, but I guarantee a woman that's in good shape can hike up a mountain a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently than an old man that's got a gut, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, so it's like that there is, um, I, I just think it's a shame. I just, but you know, I, times are changing. I, I think looking forward and moving forward, it's naturally going to progress to a point where there's going to be more women in a lot of uh, different professions, such yeah. as serving and um, other things. It's going to become more of a social norm. So totally um, agree. I'm, just, I'm looking forward to the future in, in that aspect. So, yep. Completely Look, agree. There's great opportunities for women too, you know, cause like uh, we, we actually had uh, um uh, a gal here was part of our PLSO professional line surveyors of Oregon. And, and uh, um, gosh, for some reason, her name's blanking me, but, but there's actually scholarship opportunities for young women getting the surveying because there's special scholarship, at least here in Oregon, special scholarship opportunities for a woman trying to get a degree in surveying that, uh, uh, that, that they can get, you know? So um, I'm glad we're doing that. I'm glad we're opening up doors and avenues for this and we we as an industry need to keep doing it and be more proactive at it yeah yeah for sure dave dave you just gotta keep doing what you're doing what you're doing is fantastic <laughs> don't stop yeah, i'm trying <laughs> so you know what one of the things we talked about earlier, and I, I just want to circle back on it is the fact that like in oregon for example you can have a two-year degree you can have a four-year degree can you become a surveyor in oregon without a degree or no yes Yes. Yeah. 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 You can't. Uh, I pretty. I pretty much. Well, I got my license in California first. Okay. 
Um, and then I just uh, sat in Oregon for a committee, um, so I didn't have to worry about all that. But yeah. but you can get a, you can get an Oregon degree. So I'm, I'm licensed in both states, but you can get an Oregon degree just on education alone. Still, luckily, um, experience. The experience. Excuse me, experience. Okay. Um, yeah. But that being said. I don't know if you can pass the test without having some education. Well, it's an it's an eight year experience requirement, yes. and then yeah, the, right. the education experience. Right. Help with this. right. So, so, so so basically, if I'm understanding you correctly, and I think I like this model, um, it's either eight years experience, or right. it's a two year degree with six years experience, right. or a four year degree with four years experience. Correct. Yes. See, I think that's the perfect model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can sub out any years for any education. Education for, for years experience. Yeah. Right. That's correct. I like that model. So how about how about eight years of education? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is a matter. The, the education piece says it has to be like a geomatics land surveying. Right. You, yeah. yeah, Jake. You still have to have the experience, though. Yeah. So um, <laughs> even if you if you just yeah, Jake. Yeah, Way to go, when, Jake. When I, when, I, <laughs> when I talked about experience. <laughs> We're talking about experience or uh, uh, education. I'm not saying that you have to have a formal education. Yeah. You just, in order to pass these tests, I mean, I took a California and Oregon uh, surveying test. You have to understand law for one mm-hmm. um, on both both the states, and then you have to understand, you know, how to break down a, a, a section. You know, a, 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 well, us in the western states need to understand the PLSS system, but um, so. Uh, there's there's a lot of things like you still have to learn. You can't, value. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you can't just you know, you can't just be a construction staker and then go try to take the test. You're not going to pass. You're going to have some big time trouble. So that's why you know we try not to just be uh, limited to the what we do as a as a company. And my personnel aren't limited. I don't just have construction stakers and topo people. I have corner finders and topo guys and. Uh, uh, digging out old records. They do researching. They do everything here. Yeah. Um, I've had guys learn how to draft uh, legal descriptions with one year experience. You know, I review them, but I, I see what they do, you know, yeah. and say, Hey, tackle this, see what you, see what you come up with. And then I correct them and say, this is what you have to do and why you have to do mm. what you have to do. And there's no, that's the only way you're going to figure it out. So figure it out. Figure it out. That's what um, I so, say. Figure it out. So, Dave, <laughs> did, I, did, I, did my accent come out? <laughs> Dave, I got to tell you, like listening to you talk and just, you know, the passion that you have for it makes me miss working for a small company. Oh, well, I really told you we're hiring. We're hiring. We're hiring. You really I'll, 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 open an office in, I'll open an office in Arizona if you, if you need me to. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll acquire you. Big time in them, boys. Money talks. Let's see how much that's going Throw it out on the table, boys. Talking about Boom. transition. I was wondering where all these transition questions were coming from. Yeah, you think I'm dumb? I'm just feeling them out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of zeros, Kent. A lot of zeros. <laughs> oh, just for him, add two more zeros. I'm going to retire by 51, Kent. <laughs> Oh God! It's, I'm spending my company's money. They don't even know it. <laughs> oh God, that's the awesome. Dilfy Dilf <laughs> discount. <laughs> Triple D. Yeah, let him know you're a geoholic for the VIP treatment. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Um, let's see. What else? There's one more thing I want to touch on here. Where we at? Let's see. Oh man, we stuff on the list we didn't even get to, but that's fine. Oh, there's Tom we didn't get to. We'll have you guys back for sure. Um, 
what else? Nick, so Nick, t- talk to us. I mean, are, are, are you pretty happy in the profession? What's going on? Oh, I love it. Oh my goodness. This is like uh, the best thing I've ever done, honestly. It's it's really cool because back to the legacy thing, circle back to what we keep bringing up is that love like, it. I really feel like I'm fulfilling my legacy, you know, because like literally when my dad got out of the army, he was my age and he was working for this company and he was, you know, let, let's just talk about the cadastral work. Yeah. He was in the mountains retracing old 1800 surveys, you know, and now here I am, same age as him. I was one year old when he did it. I'm retracing the same exact map he looked at, you know, when he was my age and I'm, I'm going up through the mountain, you know, marking that line. So there's, there's that aspect. I mean, one, one job we went and went and did a boundary, really big boundary next to a vineyard. And, uh, he set some monuments, um, mm-hmm. in 2001 and I went and I went and found a monument and there was a, a digging nail. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this was my dad's digging nail. It had to have been, wow. I mean, it had to, it, it was him or either uncle Bob, because those are the two that <laughs> lasted the job. So they, they dropped the digging nail down there and it's, uh, we call yeah. them chaining nails. It's so you put it, you get a measurement from the guy, yeah. And you put you put a nail on the ground, you get a measurement yeah. from the guy, it tells you how far back or left or right. Just that's when you had conventional oh. stuff. That's that's pre robotic and GPS, <laughs> yes. you know, when you had the guy have to tell you how to get in and out. Yeah, so exactly. you set a chaining nail and he says, Go back a foot and left a foot. So you use the nail, come back a foot, left a foot, then you check it, you know. And that's what I got left in the ground is a chaining nail. That's awesome, so, yeah. What's your favorite thing about serving? I'm going to do the interview. Oh, man. I like how how our guests are interviewing each other. This is awesome. It's so funny uh, because it changes all the time. At first, I was like, oh, I love woodwork. It was like, oh, I love doing topos. Uh, Like, it just keeps changing. But um, recently, I was like, I really like CAD work. Like, it's uh, because I'm I'm taking a CAD class at Great Basin right now. And it's it's cool. I mean, it's uh, I really enjoy it. I mean, I but it's like. I enjoy everything. I, and that's, that's the cool part is that it's different every day. Different every day. So like, yep. Yeah. I yeah, get a different sure. experience every day. Like today I went and did a topo tomorrow. I'm going to go do boundary, boundary but kind of woodsy kind of not. Yeah. Um, so, and then the day after that, I'm going to go to the mountains. So it's, it's just different, different locations too. You know, you go to the coast in Oregon, you go to the mountains, you go to the Valley, um, we work with a lot of vineyards. I mean, I used to be, when I was living in Hawaii, I, um, super big beer guy. Um, and then coming here, all these vineyards, I'm really getting to kick out of wine right now. <laughs> and my wife is too. Right? Yes. So yeah, it's, uh, Oregon Pinos, Oregon Pinos. Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're almost you know, doing, you're almost doing like producer Jake surveying. It's like I did this survey by a vineyard. You know, that's, that's like producer Jake surveying. <laughs> that's how I roll. Yeah. Hey, we got fun places. Clients. That's where I'm going to survey. Hey, so you say that we were actually we had dinner for his wife's uh, uh, birthday at a restaurant in Portland. Is overlooking the city, beautiful restaurant. We opened up the wine list and I said, "Well, that's my client. That's my client. That's my client." <laughs> awesome. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just funny. Well, so, shameless uh, plug, send anything down to care of the geoholics. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We'll try some of this. <laughs> What'd you call it? Oregon what now? Pino. 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 Yeah, got it. Yeah. Pino, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. PJ, just hey, thought- So I got a question yeah. for you, Kent, because Nick, Nick mentioned something about mapping. Do you guys, um, do you take like your field guys, do you show them the final product? Do you let them see what they did? You know what? That's a great question. Um, 
Not always. No. Nope. But I think that's at school. We started doing that all the time. We started, uh, actually, Uncle Bob, mm-hmm. he started doing that. He started uh, making maps, and then we yep. put them out on the table so when the guys come in from the field, they can actually see what their final product, what they did in the field, what it produced. And it really helps. So that's why you know, Nick did the CAD, so he gets to see what the final product is as he's doing it. But that's that's a really big plus. So that really helps build that incentive. It's like, Oh, I'm doing this. That's really cool. Well, it takes it full circle too. It really does. I love that. And you know what? I haven't really thought about that. I mean, I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Sounds like, yeah, well, especially like you know, bond- <laughs> I copyright that idea. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the surveying schlossers. Or sloshers. Sorry. Sloshers. We're half a bottle of whiskey in. Yeah, we are getting close. I'm going to have to Uber home, I think. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Shoots, what you got, buddy? Oh, I have to ask the question. You're, you're chomping at the bit over no, here. No, I, I, I always have to ask this question. The world's now, famous and question. now we have two people to answer it two who generations I, to answer yeah it. who do i go with first here uh, you go with the younger okay yeah. we go yeah. younger first yeah. what's the mantra that you live by oh mantra so like life quote mm. uh, well, <laughs> that's a good yeah. idea like add value make friends kind of thing oh man <laughs> that's a tough one There's to live so up much. to okay uh i think the biggest the biggest thing for me is that um Adversity builds character. Totally so agree. With, with, with that, like uh, anytime you're ever going through something challenging, um, mm. there's the, when you come through it, you're going to be a bigger person, a better person. And you're just, you're going to look back and be like, I don't know what I was worried about. I mean, back, uh, back when I was in Florida, I left Florida to go to Hawaii because a hurricane came and wiped out our entire base. I was living in a camper at the time. So I left the camper, so I basically lost everything. But the I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. This sucks. But the blessing of the skies was is that I came home for three months while the Air Force figured out where to put me, and then I was in Hawaii right after. It's like <laughs> if, if you stay positive whenever challenges come your way and you look forward in a forward direction, and it's just like you, you, it, I, that's my key to life. That's it. Just – Take those adversities, those challenges on, and and move forward in a forward direction, and you'll you'll be grateful at the end. Nick, I freaking love that response. First mm-hmm. and that's foremost, that's going in the book. Yeah, that's going <laughs> in the book. No doubt about yeah. it. So let yeah. me ask you this: I, I have to believe that you're a believer in what I'm about to say. Probably. Your your thoughts control your destiny. Yes, absolutely. Love that's it. a serviceman. You, you are the creator of your own future. Like I said earlier, it's um, you can't predict the future. But you could do your best to create the future by certain decisions, certain thoughts you have. I mean, you're you are in control of you. That's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you understand what Nicholas Schlosser is about. So <laughs> so wait, hold on a, a second. Uh, you just said Schlosser. <laughs> yeah, Schlosser. No, I thought it was Schlosser. 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 S L. Like S L O S. Schlosser. Yeah, we could just spend the next 10 minutes. Let's do a slosher, slosher, slosher. Hey, we're all going to the Netherlands. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the German is schlosser. Oh, so, so anyways, so I, I did a, uh, I bought a drone from a company in Florida, which I don't recommend this drone and I won't go that way, but I bought a drone in Florida and I went to go do some uh, Gainesville, Florida. And I went to go to check it out and do some training and stuff on it. Nicholas was uh, stationed in Florida over there. So 
he goes over there. Uh, he meets up with us uh, at this training, and and we're in we're in Gainesville. That's where the University of Florida, you know, the Gator thing and stuff. <laughs> and uh, at this time, oh, Nick Nicholas was taken after me. He had a little pot belly. He had been drinking quite a bit. He was like really out of shape and stuff. And and so, um, you know, when I grew up, you know, my son, he, you know, we played football. He did a lot of stuff. He's always in shape. He had like a six pack of abs when he was in seventh grade. You know. Um, and, and I'll tell you that story later, but that's probably going to have to be another session. <laughs> but anyways, so we're, we're in Florida and, uh, we go, we go to the, the Daytona beach and we, you can drive on the beach, which is actually kind of cool, by the way. And you're driving on the beach and we're getting out there and we bought a six pack to kind of chill out on the beach. And he pulls his shirt off. He stand up there and was like, man, Dick, Nick, you're like way out of shape. You know, you're like, you're like, you're like, you're like you got this dad bod stuff. Whatever happened to that football player, this guy who really was in great shape. Well, kind of lit a fire on him. He's talking about your own, you're in fire, your own destiny. So yeah. then I saw him about six months later. He's up, he surprises me in New York. We're visiting my sister. He surprises me up in the New York area and we had a little vacation up there. He's like, man, he's looking really good. And about, uh, about three months later, he's in this bodybuilding contest in Florida when he won first place. And then he goes to Hawaii, joins another bodybuilding program. The guy just like, so, so, so that's his mentality, right? So, okay, yeah. He sees something and say, I, I'm going to be better at this. And I'm just going to do it. And he does it. So that's, I'm giving, you know, accolades to my son, but that's, sure. that's the kind of mentality he has. So. Yeah. Thanks yeah. a lot, dad. Whipped him into shape yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> you say, no, no. You shamed him into shape. Shamed him into shape. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, I don't want you to look like me. I know where I went. It was uh, nice. It was like, Hey, what happened? I was like, yeah, I just started drinking and eating. Like, <laughs> Back in shape. So, yeah. You're on that North Star diet. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Yeah. So, uh, wait, so Dave, David, boot camp. Dave, boot what, camp. What, what was uh, what, Dave? What was your uh, mantra? I didn't get my mantra yet. So, uh, so there, I know what. Uh, uh, I, I watched uh, uh, whiskey program. By the way, I'm going to start with this. I, I guess I like talking. So here's, here's where I'm at here. I didn't think I even wanted to be on this podcast, by the way. So, so here's the deal is that I watch what I love. I love YouTube and I like all these like stuff. And I used to entertain myself, you know, by certain things that I like, like cars and, and uh, motorcycles and, and uh, you know, whiskey and stuff. So I'd always watch these programs, but you guys have got me like hooked. So I'm like, like now I'm watching like surveying stuff uh, and I've listened to the survey stuff and I'm listening to you guys a lot. And I love it. So um, which I think is a great thing, by the way, we should surround ourselves with, this is my mantra, is I think we should surround ourselves by who we want to be. If I want to be a better surveyor, I need to educate my mind and my, my environment by that. And so I'm actually like attaching myself to what you guys are doing and trying to get involved in learning more and hearing about more about this and being, being a better at what I am and, and trying to be better. You know, I could easily go watch, you know, some YouTube about, you know, people, crapping themselves or something, but I, I think it's a better, it's a better for my mind and my experience to be watching, you know, uh, mentoring Mondays, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, it just, that's, so that's kind of where I'm at, but there is a, when I have watched these, um, uh, magnificent bastards there, they do a whiskey program. They do uh, reviews and stuff. Yeah. They have this uh, toast, which I I'll, I'll repeat it here. It says, here's to, uh, fighting, stealing, uh, well, I forget what it was now fighting, stealing and drinking. If you fight, may you fight for a friend. If you steal, may you steal lover's heart. And if you drink, may you drink with us. There you go. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Cheers. Mm. What great timing there. That was Getting fantastic. Slaughtered. That was fantastic, David. Yeah. 
That was fantastic. Um, the, all right. That, that whole uh, watching somebody crap themselves on YouTube, that's the first 10 minutes of the show. <laughs> we, talk <laughs> we talk about it there. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was thinking the whole time, it's like he's going down these YouTube rabbit holes, and I'm like, and I'm looking at these guys doing cheese racing. Oh, Remember yeah. They, yeah, when they're chasing the wheel of cheese yeah. down the hill. I love that one. Magnet fishing, what other <laughs> rabbit holes? Hill? Oh, that's funny. Oh, so we, funny. We, we, were, uh, we interviewed that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was yeah. great. He was awesome. Yeah. champion at it. Yeah. Absolutely. 23-time oh, champion or something We're like down all sorts of YouTube rabbit holes. Every week we got something new to present. Yep, no <laughs> doubt about it. All right, so I, I mean, I've pretty much covered everything that I was hoping we'd get to. Shoot, I, you got I, anything? I got nothing. Let's get schlossered. I'm, I'm, I'm schlossered. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the schlosser name is going to live in infamy. There's no doubt about it. Legacy. It's all about legacy. Nothing else for me. I think that was great. Awesome. Uh, guys, I, guys, I think we hit on everything. Is there anything else you want to add? No. Uh, no. Like I said, I reiterate. I appreciate you guys. You guys do a great work. I love what you're doing for the community. Um, I just uh, just keep it up. You guys should be proud of what you're doing. And uh, and I'm just I'm just a little small token. I need to keep back, giving me accolades, but I'm just a small token amongst Everybody else in this community, there's uh, thousands of us surveyors, you know, from the West Coast, East Coast, and across the, the world, actually. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, it's just it's nice that we're a great community, and I love that we have the opportunities to do something like this. And I'm I'm glad I got out of my shell because I really didn't want to do this, but I'm glad I did, and I appreciate it. So yeah, you're like you're like as soon as they played the Pixies, these guys are cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I'd have done Allison. I'd have done Allison. That's my favorite Pixie song. Love uh, that song. Well, minute song. eight is all it is. It's a minute eight song. It's a really small song, but it's yeah. great. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Don't go anywhere. We're going to catch up here after the show. Don't go anywhere. All right. That's uh, it, boys. You guys, is that it? That's We're it. good. Put that's a bow it. on it, boys. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. No doubt. Another uh, awesome friend making value adding show. Please be sure to check us out at thegeolics.com where you can also sign up for our mailing list. Take a second and do that. Follow us on all social media outlets by searching for the Geoholics. Download all of our podcasts from just about everywhere, but most importantly, download the Geoholics app from Land Surveyors United. Send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com if you'd like to be a guest on a future show. Last but not least, please support our friends of the program, just like Parkland College. Every chance you get, and be sure to mention that you're a Geoholic for the VIP treatment. Pay it forward. Add value, make friends. There it is. Pixies, where is my mind taking us out until next time? Be safe and healthy, everyone. Once again, a shout out to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping, Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, GetKidsIntoSurvey.com, Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com, Mentoring Mondays, MentoringMondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, MonsonEngineering.com, Nettleman Land Consulting, NLCPrep.com, Parkland Community College, Parkland.edu slash surveying, Safety Apparel, SafetyApparel.us, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.